we thank you for this, this sweet time of worship, dear God. Lord, we thank you that we can come into your presence and just be close to you, to lift you high, to lift your name on high, God. We love you that we can that we can gather together in this place, God. And that we can just be with you and be with each other. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Um, I'm Jonathan, if you don't know, you don't know me. Uh, I must have done something okay last time because they let me come up here again. It's not what I was trying for, but here we are. Uh, but to be honest, as I was preparing for tonight, I wasn't sure what I was going to talk about. Um, of course, either spoken or talked or been kind of a crowd about this big, you know, not knowing what you're going to talk about is kind of discouraging, right? <laughs> uh, it's enough to make you uh, to shake in your brand new New Balance shoes, so, but, uh, but it's, it's, it's really cool because uh, the Holy Spirit and His grace in our lives allow us to do things like this, and that's what I've needed today, it's what I've needed every day. But tonight, um, my desire is just to use the next few minutes to encourage us, to strengthen us, and to remind us of the kingdom um, and the gospel that we get to participate in together. Um, as I was thinking about what I was going to talk about, uh, communion came to my mind, and um, how Jesus said, as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. And, uh, as I was thinking about that and just, just praying through through that idea, um, I thought about what we're doing here tonight as we're gathered together and we're really doing this in remembrance of Jesus. And, and that's what we're here for. And so that's that's what I want to talk about tonight. Um, but often in this world it's so easy to look to look around and become discouraged by what we see. You can get yourself depressed by turning on the TV, turning to Fox News or CNN, whatever you want to watch or whatever. You can get yourself real depressed looking at that stuff. Because you see the evil that just pours out through the schools, through our culture, and through the government, and through all of these things. And many times you hear people say things like, well, these are just not how they used to be. Uh, and that's the truth. Obviously, it's not the same. But really, there seems to be no hope anymore. And it seems like the world is in a fast-paced fast plummet straight towards destruction. But church, we have a hope. And I just want to praise God for that hope that we have tonight. Because there is a hope and it cannot be found in our government. It cannot be found in a Republican or a Democrat. It cannot be found anywhere other than the prophesied Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. Encourage us tonight, he has not failed, he's not dead, he's not gone, he's here, and he's our hope, he's very much alive, and so is the great hope in the gospel that he has brought to us through the shedding of his blood. And I want to continually, continually remind ourselves of this, and so that's my goal for tonight, is that we would be reminded what Christ has done for us as we gather together. So as we think of this gospel. I want to 
bring out a verse in Mark 1.15, where Jesus said, uh, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. He said the kingdom of God is at hand. See, God in all of his love and mercy brought the kingdom of God to us. We didn't deserve it. We can never earn it. But he has given us the hope of the kingdom. And so for a few minutes, I want to think about what our lives were like before Christ. In Isaiah 59, starting in verse 2, and uh, stay with me here. Um, it says, but your wrongdoings has caused a separation between you and your God. And your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. For your hands are defiled with blood and your fingers with wrongdoing. Your lips have spoken deceit. Your tongue mutters wickedness. No one sues righteously and no one pleads honestly. They trust in confusion and speak lies. They can see trouble and give birth to disaster. They hatch vipers' eggs and weave the spider's web. The one who eats of their eggs dies, and from what is crushed, a snake breaks out. Their webs will not become clothing, nor will they be able to cover themselves with their works. Their works are works of wrongdoings, and an act of violence is in their hands. Their feet run to evil, and they hurry to shed innocent blood. Their thoughts are thoughts of wrongdoing. Devastation and destruction are in their paths. They do not know the way of peace, and there is no justice in their tracks. They have made their paths crooked. Whoever walks on them does not know peace. And it goes on, it says, Therefore justice is far from us, and righteousness does not reach us. We hope for light, but there is darkness. For brightness, but we walk in gloom. We wrote for a wall that, like blind people, um, sorry, we, we wrote for the wall, like people who are blind. We wrote like those who have no eyes. We stumble at midday as in the twilight. Among those who are healthy, we are like the dead. All of us growl like bears and moan sadly like doves. We hope for justice, but there is none. For salvation, but it is far from us. For our wrongful acts have multiplied before you, and our sins have testified against us. For our wrongful acts are with us, and we know our wrongdoings, offending and denying the Lord, and turning away from our God, speaking oppression and revolt, conceiving and uttering lying words from the heart. Justice is turned back, and righteousness stands far away, but truth has stumbled in the street, and uprightness cannot enter. Truth is lacking. And one who turns aside from evil makes himself afraid. Now, I know that was a lot. But this was who we are. We were enemies of God. Created in the image of God, we gave up our natural state and began to focus on our own pleasure, our own selfish desires, and even our own glory. But praise God, that same scripture doesn't stop there. Because it says, now the Lord saw and it was displeasing in his sight that there was no justice. And he saw that there was no one. And was amazed that there was no one to intercede. Then his own arm brought salvation to him. And his righteousness upheld him. He put on righteousness like a breastplate and a helmet of salvation on his head. And he put on garments of vengeance for clothing. 
and he wrapped himself with zeal as a cloak, according to their deeds, so he will repay. Wrath to his adversaries, retribution to his enemies. To the coastlands he will deal retribution, so they will fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising sun. And he will come like a rushing stream, which the wind of the Lord drives. A redeemer will come to Zion, and to those in Jacob, return from wrongdoing, declares the Lord. To take all of that, let's put it another way. If we look in Ephesians 2, it says in verse 4, But God, being rich in mercy, because of his great love, which he loved us, even when we were dead in our wrongdoings, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised up with him, and he seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the ages to come he might show the boundless riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. We were enemies of God. We were evil, broken, defiled, completely hopeless, and completely helpless. And without even realizing what we were doing, we plotted against the will of God. And yet He wanted good things for us. But we gave ourselves to our own desires, which led only to our death. But God wanted then and desires now to show you the boundless riches of His grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Because although we were dead, he redeemed us. Not only did he redeem us, but he also made us something completely new. A new creation is what he calls us. We were his enemy, but now if you are in the fold of Christ, he has brought us salvation. It says in 1 Peter 2.9, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are a people, you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. So church, don't be discouraged by the brokenness of this world and everything that it has to offer. Do not be convinced of the hopelessness that is in this world. But instead, let us cling to the hope that we have in Christ Jesus. Let us cling to his salvation, his love, his comfort, his grace. Because the truth of the gospel is that God has loved us greatly. Not a love of this world, but a love that is supernatural. It's holy. It's overwhelmingly kind. 1 John 5, 9 says... We accept human testimony, but God's testimony is greater because it is the testimony of God, which he has given about his Son. And whoever believes in the Son of God accepts this testimony. Whoever does not believe God has made him out to be alive because they have not believed the testimony God has given about his Son. And this is that testimony. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. So I'm going to ask that we just, we're going to end on this song um, so you guys can come up. And I would just ask that as we, as we sing this song tonight, let us rejoice in the salvation of the Lord. 
Let us rejoice in his wonderful grace that really carries us through this life. It carries us through sorrows. It carries us through pain. It carries us through hurting. It carries us through shame. And it for sure will carry us home. 